Um, but as I was praying this week about this message, I, I, I know that I have a lot of people that'll ask me this question all the time. Pastor Gary, I, I don't know really what my purpose is. You ever feel that way? Matter of fact, most people don't know what their purpose is. Some people don't feel like they even have a purpose. But let's say, if God does have a purpose for us, then they say, well, what do I do when I find that purpose? Am I going to be faithful with this purpose? Uh, Pastor Jim, he talked to me Wednesday night. He said, he said, Pastor, man, you are doing what God has called you to do. You have found your purpose. And you know what? He, he's right. Because there's no other place that I would rather be than right here in this pulpit. I feel, I feel safe here. I feel, I feel God's presence with me here. But at the same time, it literally scares me to death. Because I know the awesomeness of, of the call of God on my life to minister to you. Because I will be held accountable for every word that comes out of my mouth one day. I have to be held accountable because you're the sheep and you come and you're ready for a great message. And so I have to make sure that every message that I preach is theologically correct, biblically correct, spiritually correct in every way, shape, or form. And I say, God, I will not open my mouth unless I know that it's the truth. And so this morning, let, let's dig in and let's, let's discover what our real purpose is. And we're going to be looking at a gentleman here by the name of... Um, Joseph. Y'all know that guy? Joseph, who had discovered his purpose, who knew what it was. He didn't get sidetracked, and he, and he fulfilled his purpose, and he made it, and he began to realize what his true purpose is. And you can too, church. Some of you, you know what your purpose is. How many of you, you know what your purpose is? How many of you are still like, okay, um, I'm still trying to figure this thing out? Okay, hopefully this morning, I'm going to share some things with you that's going to help you know what your purpose is. So let's take a look at Joseph here. But before we dig into this scripture, I'm going to set it up because this is starting two years into the famine. So let me, let me bring us all up to speed, okay? We know that Joseph's dad was Jacob, right? And Joseph was the favorite of, all, of his father, but Joseph had a problem. And his problem was he was a dreamer. He had these dreams, and he dreamed that, that he was going to be elevated above his family and that his family was going to serve him, and he had a little mouth, and his mouth couldn't contain that responsibility. So he went and told his brothers, hey, you're going to worship me one day. You're going to serve me one day. Okay, it didn't go over well with him. And so uh, they, they really hated their little brother Joseph. And so one day Jacob said, hey, hey, son, go out and see your brothers out in the field. Take them some water or something. And so his brothers called him the dreamer. And so here's Joseph walking along, getting ready to meet up with his brothers. And so his brother sees him come and he says, oh no, here comes the dreamer. Let's kill him. They literally want to kill him. And so they had a pit there. And when Joseph comes, they throw him in a pit. And they, wanted, they figured they're not going to kill him, but they threw him in a pit. So maybe an animal will come and devour him, but that didn't happen. And so they leave, and now he's in this pit. And now his older brother Reuben decides, oh, I, that's a little harsh. So he snuck back, gets him out of the pit. Remember that? And so instead of killing him, he sold him to some merchants. And then the merchants takes him, takes him to the next town, and then they sell him to Potiphar. And now he's the chief officer of the palace of King Pharaoh. Remember that? Now, and so Potiphar and Joseph gets along pretty good. I mean, things is going well, man. They become good friends. But his wife wanted to become a better friend with Joseph than what he, it, a little further. 
And so Potiphar's wife seducing Joseph, evidently he was this hot guy, man. So she starts seducing him, wants to sleep with him. And uh, he said, I'm on no way, man. He took off running. I'm not going to have it. Uh-uh. I'm serving God. And so she gets all mad because that didn't happen the way she wanted. And so she goes and lies and tells her husband Potiphar that he seduced her. Now, Potiphar is stuck in a hard place here. His good friend, now he's going to have to put him in prison. So now Joseph is in prison. Now that he's in prison, he's there and he's still operating in his gift of dreaming and interpreting dreams. And there were two dudes there, a cupbearer and a baker. Remember those guys? And they had dreams and they needed someone to interpret them. And so Joseph could interpret them. So the cupbearer and the baker goes to Joseph, want him to to interpret the dreams. And so he did. He looked at the baker first. He said, oh, by the way, uh, this is your dream and it's not good. You're going to get out of prison, but as soon as you get out, you're going to get hung. You're going to die. And then the, the cupbearer said, okay, well, what's mine? What's to interpret mine? He said, oh, it's, it looks good for you. You're going to get out, but you're going to be restored into the palace of the king Pharaoh, and you're going to go and, and, and be back in your normal position. But here, I want you to do me a favor. Would you please remember me? Could you remember me once you get out and tell the king about me? And the cupbearer says, yeah, I'll do it. And so he gets out and he doesn't do it. Two years goes by, and the cupbearer didn't say anything to king Pharaoh. But then one day, king Pharaoh, he has a dream, and he's trying to figure this dream out and what it means. And so the cupbearer goes, oh, I forgot. Two years later, talking about procrastination. Two years later now, the cupbearer goes, oh, I remember this guy. He was in prison, and he, 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 he was able to interpret our dreams. He interpreted the baker's dream, and that happened. He got killed, and he interpreted my dream, and I was going to be restored. It all happened. Maybe he can answer your dreams. And so King Pharaoh orders and has Joseph taken from the prison immediately to the palace. Now get that. He went from the prison to the palace just like that. And now he's in front of uh, uh, King Pharaoh, and so he interprets his dreams. We all know the story. He has these dreams. Joseph said, okay, here's, here's, here's what's going to happen. There's going to be seven great years of prosperity in the land. I mean, I mean you're going to grow fruit. It's going to be prosperous. But then there's going to be seven years of famine and destruction and devastation. So here's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to save up and store as much as we can a percentage in the seven good years so it can get us through the seven bad years, right? Now, it's two years into the famine, and Jacob and people are dying, people are starving to death, and Jacob says, I need you fellas, told the brothers, to go to the house or, or go to the palace where King Pharaoh's at and beg him for mercy and just maybe he can give us some food so we can, we can get through this, this, this uh, drought. So now the brothers go to the palace and instead of seeing King Pharaoh, now they're faced with Joseph and they don't know who he is at first. So let's pick the story up there. Are we all on the right page now? Okay, here we go. Let's pick it up. In Genesis 45 verses three and eight. Now pay attention. You're going to have a test after this is over with, okay? <laughs> all, of you, if, all you young people, take a test this morning. Listen to this, because you want to know what your purpose is, I'm going to show you. So here we go. Then Joseph said to his brothers, so they come in and they're standing in front of Joseph. He said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed 
in his presence. Now, I would be too. You're supposed to be dead. What are you doing alive? And so they're just like blown away by this thing. And it goes on in verse 4. And Joseph said to his brothers, please come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God, now watch, listen to this. God sent me before you to preserve life. Now, Joseph should have been angry. He should have been the one mad, but he's encouraging them. And now, again, it is seven years, or the seven years have passed. It's now nine years, and they're in the famine. But now he finally discovers what his destiny is, and he begins to tell his brothers. Now, watch this. For these two years, the famine has been in the land. And there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity. Now that means a, a generation, your generation, from generation, generation, you're going to prosper. Basically what that means, posterity, for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. And so now for all these years has finally passed. All these years, Joseph went through all this stuff and now he finally identifies what his purpose is. Kind of sounds familiar, Dane and Ken. You're going through all, he finally realizes what his purpose is. It's kind of like me. I find, after all these years, I finally realized what my purpose is. And so Joseph's whole purpose in life was this right here, was to save his family and an entire nation. That was it. That was his purpose that God called him for. And he even heard those dreams when he was a boy. He said, one day, you're, 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 you're going to come to me and I'm going to rule over you. But Joseph didn't realize that there wasn't a lot of details with it. He didn't realize he was going to be put in a position to save his entire family and an entire nation. And so the question that we're going to ask ourselves is this this morning, is how can you find your purpose? What do I need to do to find my purpose? And you may be here this morning, you don't know what your purpose is. Maybe you're, you're still confused what your purpose is. Because sometimes when your purpose happens, you'll know it immediately. Oh, I've arrived. Wow. My purpose, I know what my purpose is. I know, I do know what my purpose is. My purpose is to be your pastor. Nothing more, nothing less. My purpose is to love you, is to feed you, is to nurture you, is, is to be a blessing to, to other, other ministries in this community. That This is what Elevation's ministry is here. And so I don't want to get ahead of myself, but let me show you four things that we can learn here from Joseph on how that we can find our purpose. So let's go. Here we go. Number one. If we're going to find the purpose, we have to believe that you have a purpose. you got to believe it. And here's the set. Many people don't really believe that they have a purpose. We live in a, a culture right now that people, they don't believe it. But as a church, we know what is our, we know our purpose as a church is, don't we? We know it. We know that God has created, has, has, has built this ministry so that we can be healthy, so that we can help other ministries along the journey. We, we stay healthy in our children's ministry. We stay healthy in our youth ministry, our young, young adult ministries, in our senior ministries, in our ladies' ministries, in our men's ministry. Just look around, church. 
We were talking about that this morning. Every area God is blessing. It is, wasn't it amazing yesterday, ladies? Blown away. D- Denise, home run. Where, where's, where's, where's Brenda at? Brenda, go do this to her. Pow! Out of the park. That's what she does me every Sunday. <laughs> Makes you feel good. Girls, pow! Out of the park. That makes you feel good? I'm going to brag on you. So just get over it. But, but we have a purpose as this church. And another purpose we have is we, we, we encourage. We encourage others. And this is our purpose. But, but individually, it's hard to get it. It's hard. To, what, what's my purpose individually? The Bible tells us exactly. Now watch. The Bible says we have a purpose. And you may be sitting here this morning thinking, I don't have a purpose. Yes, you do have a purpose. Romans 12 verses 4 says, for as we have many members. Denise, I'm going to touch on this. Because she touched on it yesterday. And I don't think it's accident that you were ministering a little bit of this, and I'm going to minister this morning. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members, watch now, do not, do not have the same function. I'm not called to be a worship pastor. They are. You know, I'm not called to do marriage ministries, but Denny and Betty are. I'm not called right now to do young adult ministry with a patentine R. You see, there, we all have different, different functions in the body of Christ. And so, and even think about this, even your little toe, as little as that is, if you cut that off, it's, it's going to be hard for you to walk. They say it helps you balance. You'll have to kind of learn how to walk just a little bit easier, better there, because just your little toe has that much power. And it has a function in your body. It has a purpose. And even before you were born, this is the reason why, as a church, we believe that, that, that life begins at conception. Nothing, and, and we're not changing that. We, we know. We know that. There's a living being inside of that you, okay? There's a living being in there. It's called a baby. It breathes. <laughs> It, 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 it has a function here. Let me show you in Psalms 139, verse 16. You saw me. God, you saw me before I was born. <laughs> what part of English do you not understand? You see, people have a problem with Greek and Hebrew. No, I don't, they don't have a problem with Greek and Hebrew. They have a problem understanding English. What's that say? Before I was born, you knew me. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. You got a purpose for me, God. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. That is powerful. I want you to get that in your heart. And by the way, and some of you here today, you may not know your purpose, may not feel your purpose, but here's the thing, it hasn't changed. You may think it's, it's not changed. Dana, it hasn't changed from the day you were born. God had a purpose for you. And you're starting to see what your purpose is. It took me for years what my purpose is. But I'm going to show you as we keep trucking through this, You'll see it. You'll see it, and you'll understand how it comes about. But it hasn't changed, and God wants to fulfill it in you. He wants to fulfill it in all of us. And, and matter of fact, Solomon says everything was created for a purpose here in three, three verses. One, to everything, what is it? There is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. God has a purpose for every. Matter of fact, you can just look at things and see a purpose. And I'm going to take her little illustration because that was so good, and I'm going to use it. I thought, I'm going to use that. And I, I'm stealing this from her. I'm giving her full credit. But I love that. 
You could, but here I'm doing a little different from what you did, okay? She used these as gifts. I'm gonna use it as sin that you know what things look like. You, you know what, it has a purpose. Okay, what is this, what purpose does this have? Okay, stir things up. And I like what you said, that's cool. This, this is kind of like, this is evangelist. They'll come to the church, they'll stir things up. How'd you put it? And they'll get things all stirred up and then they'll leave. And then I gotta clean it up. Okay, then I got to do this. What's this for? It's got a little hose in it. It's like, man, if, you, if you're doing stuff with, uh, uh, you know, frying stuff, you know, your tater tots or your shrimp or whatever, you like dip that up and you put the goodness over there and all the bad grease goes out. That's what that's for. Okay. <laughs> What's this for? Serving. You know what? I don't, I, don't have to, I don't have to explain it. What's this for? Okay. Bachelor. It's to whip your kids if they get out of. <laughs> Look, you can see things and know what its purpose is. Now let's take a step further. I've not lost my mind. I see your purpose, just like that. Dana, Ken, I see your purpose. Denny, Betty, I see your purpose. Pat, I see your purpose. You can't hide it. I see your purpose right here. I see your purpose. That woman right there, you pray like a wild. I love it. Come pray for me right now. Just pray. She can pray. She can, that's her purpose. There's a purpose. Behind. I don't know what it is. There's a purpose there. You married that guy right there? You definitely got a purpose. Hallelujah. <laughs> no, but you put you together. I love Bryson. I'm joking with you. You're a man. Take it. Take it. We, we all have to take it. My wife, she... I'm, anyway, we'll leave that alone. <laughs> but here's what I want you to say. Just, everyone has a purpose. You have to believe that this morning. You have a purpose in order to be able to fulfill that purpose. So number one, that's number one. You write that down? We're going to take a test. There you go. Got it. All right. You got to believe you have purpose. And then the second one is this. If you're going to be able to function in your purpose, understand what your purpose is, know that God is in control. And this is what you got to know. God is in control. Why do we need to understand this? Because here's the reason why. I think I put this up here. If you don't understand that God's in control, you'll never fulfill your purpose. You know why? Because crazy things is going to happen you don't understand. Now, I know that never happens to you all. Never. But there's going to be things in your life that you don't understand why it's happening. But in moments like that, as we, as we found at this church, as you found the school, so we can relate together, there were crazy stuff happening. We don't understand it. But in moments like that, we have to say, God, you are still in control. Through all the mess, through all the chaos, through everything that's going on. And here's what we don't do. We got to be careful. We can't run to the people for all the answers because what that will do is it, it will start to, we'll still feel lost and we'll feel, still feel confused with that. If we run to the people, we got to run to God. Run to God first and, and surround yourself with wise people, but run to God and know that God is in control and God is the only one that can ever fulfill my purpose. God's the only one that can fulfill your purpose. And so when things get crazy, you got to stop and say, wait a minute, God, you're still in control. You know, I was telling Denny this or something. I don't know who I was telling. Uh, my wife wanted me to work with this, the ladies ministry <laughs> yesterday. 
I didn't have a choice between her and Judy. Where you at? Judy, that, that, I, she didn't give me an option. She just called me and said, I need you to wear colors. And you're going to be serving. That Saturday morning, that's the Lord's day for me. I don't care whose day it is for you, honey. You're, you're serving tomorrow morning. <laughs> I get, what I'm trying to say is this. It's, as a pastor, my Saturday morning is special to me because that's when I kind of wrap things up because um, it, God changes the messages a little bit. I can't have a message done on Friday night because I would drive poor Dana back there crazy, keep putting new messages in there. Yo, t- throw away that one. Here's another one. Throw, throw away that one. Here's another one. She knows. She's back or not. Because Saturday morning, God loves to change and shift things up on me all the time. And no, but they wanted me to cook. Or no, cook. They want me to serve. They Praise God, I didn't cook. But anyway, they, they, I had to serve what they cooked. And all of us guys, Don's back there. You know, we, we were, we're back there, you know, just working. And you guys, you're coming next time, Brandon. You guys over here, DJ, okay. You can hide, but you can't run. <laughs> you can run, but you can't hide. There we go. But my point is this. I had to study, and I lost that that morning. But you know what I did? Wait a minute, God. This is my purpose. You call me here. God, I, you're in control. Why am I worried about it? Yeah, I've studied. I've already prepared. I'll drive poor Dana nuts, but I, I'm ready. I may change it to her, but you know, I, I was ready. And I, I just, I, there's peace came over and said, you serve those ladies and you serve them well. And you have a good attitude while you're doing it. I'm like, yeah, here you go. Want some more food? Here you go. You want, yeah, yeah. But well, see, but you can do that and not stress out because you know, God's in control. God's in control. And, and, and if anyone understood this more than anyone, it was Joseph. Let me give you some scriptures on this. Genesis 45, verses 5. I got to go quick. Here we go. By now, do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves, talking to his brother, because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. He didn't stress out. God was in control. Let's go. Genesis 45, verses 7a. And God sent me before you to preserve posterity. For, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. Am I pronouncing that right? Thank you. Prosperity. Anyway, for you, I know what it means. Hey, English was not my subject. I was a math major, okay? But I'm, yeah. For you in earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but the God who was in control sent me here. Now, I'm not stressed out about it. I love you guys. I'm going to take care of you. Because all this was planned by God, because God's in control. And I believe that God had a purpose and God's got a plan for me and God is in control. So when things are going crazy and you don't understand, doesn't matter. God can take what's out of whack and he could turn something good about it. God, you know, and because again, God's, cha- God's plans doesn't change. And the beautiful thing I love about God, you can't mess up. You can't because he takes your mess ups and he fixes them for you. You don't believe me? Let's go to Hallmark Scripture. Romans tells us he does. Romans 8, verses 20. And we know that all things, if you're in his purpose, all things, not just some, but all things work together for good. (laughs) Isn't that good? To those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Isn't that good? So when you're in his purpose, you can't mess up. 
There's greatness right there. You can't mess up. Just see. It's a new day. You mess up, who cares? I'm still in his purpose. It, it, you think I could preach, just got up here and preach one day like this? I'm still not, I still struggle, you can tell. I, just got a, I got a long ways to go. Someone was telling me, that scares me to death, get up there and preach. Well, you know, it, I still get scared to death. And I'm still working at it. I'm, I still have rough edges. But you know what? I can't mess up because I'm doing what God's called me to do, Dana. And he says he's going to work it all out. He said, son, you just messed. I'm going to fix it, though, for you. <laughs> and you know, I, I, you know the message, I'm the best you got. I'm your gift from God. So it's there. <laughs> I, they, they, they keep coming back. I don't know. I have a clue why you keep coming back. <laughs> I keep preaching. You keep coming back. Amen. But Joseph never got upset. Why? Because he was in his purpose. He didn't get upset because he knew God was always in control. God was always in control. And here's what I want you to understand and stop. Stop beating yourself up, church. Did you pray about it? Did you, did you, do you know God called you all to create that, to, to, to build that school? Don't stress out about it then. Don't stress out about it. God's in control. Because he'll take all the mess up. He'll take all the people that drives you nuts. I know you don't have any of those people, <laughs> but he will, and he works it out because you're in his purpose. And I'm going to show you nothing anybody could do to Joseph could stop the purpose of God. No pit, no prison. They could do whatever they want to do to you, but nothing's going to stop the purpose of God. I'm sorry. I'm, the, I'm your gift. You can't do anything about it. I can't do anything about it because God put me in this spot, and he says, you're going to stay there. Until you do something totally dumb. But you just keep following me, son. You keep humble, and I'll use you for a purpose. You know what? If you did your best, God's going to work it out. God gave me this this week. I'm going to give it to you. In Galatians chapter 6, well, he didn't give me that. He gave me the other one, but this this is a scripture I forgot to give you. But let us not grow weary in doing good. I should have just went with it, but I didn't. For in due season, what's he going to do if you're in his purpose? We'll reap and do not lose heart. You'll reap. Just, just hang in there. Now, here's what he gave me. This is what I was all hyped about. God's power is bigger than your mistakes. <laughs> Aren't you thankful? <laughs> Hallelujah. He's so much bigger than your mistakes. But stay in your purpose. Stay there and watch what God would do. I got to go quick. So believe that you have a purpose and, and know that, that God's in control because every mistake Joseph made, he, he knew God was in control. And here's the third one. Here's the third one. We're going to move quick now. Use the gift God has given you. Use that gift. Use the gift. Now, there are seven motivational general gifts that's, that's in the Bible. That's general. But then there's specific gifts that, that comes from using the general gifts. Understand that. Everybody with me? So God shows us the seven, but he doesn't show us the specifics. Boy, I wish he'd show us the specifics. But he only shows us the general motivational gifts. Now, let, let's go for it now. Let's, let's read here. But first of all, why does he give us the gifts? He's going to give you the gifts because your gifts is going to be used to accomplish the purpose. So let me show you these gifts. Now, let's read it. Let me read you these gifts in Romans 12, verses 4 and 8. I'm going to go fast. For as we have many members in one body, again, now they're, they're all doing different things, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ, individually. 
okay? Members of one another, that we help one another. See, we help one another in the body of Christ. And then verse six, having then, watch now, gifts differing. They're different from one another. According to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. There are some of you this morning, you've got gifts and you might not be using them. And if you never use it, you're not going to find your purpose because God gives it to you to find your purpose. Now I'm going to show it to you. Watch. So he goes on here. The grace God has given to us, let us use them. Then he tells us what they are. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion up to our faith. Keep going. Or ministry, let us use it um, in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, uh, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives uh, with liberality, here you go, uh, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And, and so he tells us all of these gifts here, okay? And so, again, God's not going to ask you to do something you don't like to do, by the way, church. You, you ought to be hyped about your gift. You see your gift, there'll be an excitement about it. You'll want to use it. I, I get excited when I get to minister. I do. I, I love it. I enjoy it. It's fun because God's, God, this is my purpose. And there'll be excitement and enthusiasm out of it. But he's not going to make you do something that you don't like. Now, he gives us these seven motivational gifts. And I'm going to break them down here for us really quick. I got to go. Here we go. Seven gifts. There's seven of them. Gift of prophecy. That's a motivator. That's a person who speaks over you and motivates you and encourages you to do ministry of some shape or form. That is the, that is the gift of prophecy. Then there's the gift of ministry. This is the service one, a desire to meet practical needs of people. Uh, Judy has that gift on her. Betty has that gift. They love to serve. You go around them, they just want to serve. You go to eat lunch with them, all they want to do is, oh, here, you want some of this? Here, let, let, let me get everything together, okay? And then there's the third one, the teacher, the desire to study and present the truth to people. You all guess what? That gift is for me. That's, that's one of my gifts. And by the way, you can have more than one. You can have two. You may have three, but I have that gift right there. I love to study and I love to teach the word of God so people can grow. All right. Now here's the fourth one. This is exhorts an encourager desires to admonish, encourage people. Yeah. Okay. Real quick. You again, you can see a gift and know, and know what it is. Where, where's the encourager in the church? Come on. Thank you. Are you getting what I'm saying, church? You know it. You see these gifts. And you know what she's doing? She's using now for, for, for the, the, the funeral home over here. Uh, man, shaking hands. I'm like, she's in the right spot. Good job. Good move. But an encourager. An encourager is a very optimistic person. Well, I didn't do good on that. Song. Oh, yeah, you did. That's awesome. You tore it up. You know, I just lost my house. That's okay. Got to give you another one. You know, I'm sick. That's okay. God can heal you. You, are you getting what I'm saying? That's an exhorter. They love to encourage you. So when you're down, you get around an exhorter, and they're using that gift, and you feel good around them. I kind of have that gift, I think. Anyway, so here's number five. A giver. And he's, oh, I just lost my car. They're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Here's a check. Go buy another one. See what I'm saying? That's one of the gifts that people have. I don't have that gift. I haven't got that much money. Anyway, so <laughs> but that's a desire. <laughs> To meet the financial needs of people. I'm praying that God may be somebody that has that gift of, you know, I'm going, I'm, I'm just joking. I don't even want to go there. So number six is a leader. A leader, it's an administrator. This is the gift that Joseph had. He's an organizer and he desires to lead people through organization. 
okay? He was in a pit. Dude, I bet that was the most organized pit ever. He's like, make sure everything's answers line up, you know, whatever. And then he went to prison. Dude, he was organizing the prison too. I bet he had a big old paper. Okay, I, I, I interpreted your dream on this date. Okay, yeah, it was this. Okay, Baker, I got your dream right here. Okay, come back. He was organized. That was his gift. And he stayed in that gift, and that gift thrusted him into his purpose. And I'll show you in a minute. Number seven, shows mercy. This is sympathizer. Okay, desires to identify, empathize with people. These are the people, if you go to lunch with them, and you tell them you got a problem, all they do is cry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, let's pray. I'm sorry. You're going do you ever met people like that? So these are the seven gifts. No more, no less. Every one of you got one of these. You've got one. Find it because your purpose will come out of it and what you have to stay true to it. Now, uh, but, but where does the specifics come in, Pastor Gary? The specifics will follow the general. Did you catch what I said? When you get with the general purpose that you're called to do, the specifics will start to happen. Like, like as, Dan, as, as you said, I'm sorry you said on the front row. He sits on the front row I pick on. But anyway, like he said, you've got an incredible gift so, so whatever that is, it, it might be to serve or whatever one of those is, but then you, you get into that gift and you keep using it, you keep using it, and what happen is then the specifics start happening. Got to open up a door for this. Got to open up a door for that. Then, oh, I didn't know that. Joseph had no clue the specifics that he had to go through in order to get to the palace, but he stayed with his gift, his gift of administration, and that administration began to bring the specifics and the specifics took him from the, took him from the pit to the prison, to the palace, to ruling a nation, to saving his family, an entire nation. Because he operated in his gift of administration. So start using your gift and you'll find your purpose. So that's number one. So number one, believe you have a purpose. Number two, know that God's in control. And number three, use the gift that God has given you. And here's the last one and I'm done. Woo. Here we go. Be faithful with the gift that God has given you you got to be faithful with it. Once you know what it is, then you do it. No one called me and said, Pastor, you need to study for Sunday. Did I, anybody call me? No. I don't have somebody up here. No, I'm, I'm, I'm in my purpose. God called me. My boss, the Holy Spirit, said, Son, it's time to study. It's time to prepare because there's going to be a body of believers come. And you got to get in your purpose you got to use your gift of communication to, to share the gospel. But, but for now, for 14 years or 13 years, I've just been faithful. Non-wavering, I've just been faithful. And there are some of you, you got to be faithful. Don't quit. Don't give up. Even if you want to, no, stay with it. Just be faithful with it. Be faithful with it. Joseph remained faithful no matter what went wrong. Nothing. He remained faithful with all of his gifts. Again, he organized in the pit, in the, in the prayer. He organized it. He was an administrator. And people saw that, and they went to him in the prison. Potiphar went to him whenever he was working for him. And the king put him over everything because his purpose and his gift elevated him to that spot. Well, I want the gift of men. No, any one of those gifts, seven, can take you to the same place. But you have to be faithful with whatever gift that you have, church. You have to be faithful with it. In Proverbs 18, verses 16, it says this. I love this. A man's gifts makes room for him, 
and brings him before great man. You see, God has God used this position to line me up with some great men of God in my life. But he used this because I'm in his purpose and I've used my gift. And because of that, he's brought me before great men in my life. I've got great, great pastors that I'm friends with. And I've got their phone numbers. And I got phone numbers of great men of God, the pastor in over 15,000 member churches. And, and, I, and I don't give their names out. Or I, and it's not important to me. But, but it's brought me before incredible leaders that's poured into me to help me be a better pastor. Because it was my gift that made room for me. And it brings you before great people. When you use the gift one day, one day, you can be leading worship in an incredible church because that gift will bring you before great people one day. And you see, Dana, you, the school is going to bring you before great people. You remain faithful with the gift that God has given you. And you all have probably a gift of administration there and, and other gifts. I see that in Ken. You're an you're, you're administrator. You've got that gift. And teaching, you love to teach. I could see. And, and see, again, I could see it. Just, just the little I'm around. You could see people's gifts. You can see that. And so you got to use it. God has given you a gift, and he'll make room for it if you're just faithful with it. Amen. 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 You know, my, my, I couldn't tell you, me being raised in a very dysfunctional home. We all were raised in a very dysfunctional home, and, and then I went through, through cancer. I went through a pastoral breakdown and, and of a church I was with and everything falling apart. But all of that, that was the prison and that was the pit test for me. But I remained faithful. And it's brought me to this position. It's brought me to my purpose. And listen to me. God has a purpose for you. And it wants to, he wants to bring you to your purpose. I don't know who he's speaking to right now. But you have a purpose, and for whatever reason, the enemy's got you convinced that you don't. Find your gift, be faithful with it, and watch it just soar you into your purpose, because that will lead you into that. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you this morning for your word. I want to thank you, God, that you have a purpose and you have a plan for all of us, God, and we thank you for that. We praise you for that.